Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. For those of you who are still looking, I'll wait for you a moment. Dr. Jeff? Okay. Good. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Let us unite together in prayer. We thank Thee, our Father, for a time that we can come together and find our hearts blessed and our spirits lifted as we worship together. We're so thankful for the inspiration that we've received through this service thus far, and most especially through Him singing. We pray, Lord, that you would now take the word that we have read and transform it into meaningful meat for our souls. Use that which is spoken to lift us up, draw us closer to you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may recall from your early study of the church, or your study, I should say, of the early church, that Jesus directed his disciples to go to an upper room. There they were to wait until they had been empowered with the Holy Spirit. They were to not begin the ministry that he had given them until they had been filled with a power from God. They were not to go out on their own and do anything, but to wait until an event took place that they weren't even sure what that event was. But when it happened, they knew it. So they waited for those 40 days in that upper room, eating together, worshiping, discussing, planning, praying, all the things that anybody of 
Christian people ought to do and surely would do when they're waiting for something. They don't know what it is. The scripture tells us that when they were of one accord, they were all in one place, there was a sound like a mighty wind, a tornado perhaps, or a hurricane. But entered that room and something that they described as a tongue of fire was evident on all of them. When that took place, they were immediately all aware that that which they had been waiting for had arrived. They no longer were afraid, nor held themselves back, but rushed out into the streets, all 120 of them, and they all began to preach. Not just Peter, nor John, but all of them, the women included. On the corners of the streets around the upper room, and they began to spread out, I think, into the community. And they began to get a hold of this straggler on the street, and this one, and that one and began to tell them about the marvelous love of Jesus Christ that was demonstrated on the cross. <clears throat> the noise spread throughout the entire city and great multitudes began to gather to, to listen to what was happening. And as they listened, some people said, mockingly, these people, these men are drunk. Peter had to stand up in their midst and quiet them down and began to preach one of the marvelous sermons of the New Testament. It would have to rank just under the sermons that Jesus himself preached. And in the second chapter of Acts, we have it recorded that Peter stood up and said to them, these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is about the third hour of the day, that is nine o'clock in the morning. You don't get drunk, I guess, at nine o'clock in the morning, although I've seen a few. Most people are drunk at night. These men are not drunk, he said. Then he said, this which you have seen happen, that is all of these people who have gone out into the streets and they have begun to preach and they're doing it in the language of a whole lot of different nationalities, though they were not trained in that language, was spoken of by the prophet Joel yesterday after morning at our association meeting our theme was the 17th verse, and I'm not going to preach that sermon uh, to the two of you who were there, so you can relax. I'm not repeating it, but I want to notice the 17th verse that he said, that which is taking place was spoken of by the prophet Joel, in those days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, 
things will begin to take place. Your sons and your daughters will begin to prophesy, that is to preach. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Why was this going to happen? Because God was going to send His Spirit. And He was going to take residence in the hearts of His followers. When that would take place, people would begin to act strangely. You know, we're looked upon as a strange group of people by the world. Why anybody would take out Sunday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning, get all dressed up, come out and sit in an hour of Sunday school and stay for another hour of preaching and come back again that night to do it all over again on the day when you got off to rest seems ridiculous. And some of us are even crazy enough to come out in the middle of the week. And the kids come and do all kinds of things. If you look at our board, our board says there are 40 of our kids that are coming on Wednesday nights. Not all any one night, but we have that many who are involved. And 25 to 30 adults to study a strange book that nobody understands. They don't know something that we know. Because we spent time in an upper room, it might have been our own private upper room, it might have been in our home or in, out in the field somewhere, or in the case of a few of you back in the study back here, and for many of you in a church service like this, that something happened. And we have trouble explaining it ourselves. And some of you can stand up and say that I never intended anything like that to happen, but it was beyond my control. God sent His Holy Spirit You didn't know it was going to happen. But you took control of you. And the evidence was seen in your life. Those of us who have been around a while can look across the congregation and see person after person who have been transformed. Changed. Made new made different, whose life has begun to take on a proportion never thought possible. They're no longer interested so much in the things of the world, but they're drawn to a person called Jesus Christ. We say he's the Son of God. 
we say he's our savior. These 120 had felt that and had had the experience and no longer were they afraid, no longer did they have reservations. They were under the complete control of the Holy Spirit and they found themselves on the street preaching and they didn't hardly know they were there. Because it was not these 120 working, it was God working. God was doing something. And they were the instruments that God had selected to take the message of the gospel to the world. Suddenly there they were. Bold. Preaching. Most of them have never preached a word in their life. Testifying of what they knew was true. You might be saying, gee, I'd like to have an experience like that. Or what it feels like. Listen, many of us have had that experience. What do you think Tim sang like he did this morning? I'll tell you why, and we all know why. He had the experience. Many of you have the experience. Would you like to be filled with the Holy Spirit that would give you boldness and give you a power to go out in the name of Christ and proclaim Him? You can have it. You can have it. I want to say you can be filled with the Spirit and I want to talk about three things that will give you this filling of the Spirit. Now I have to do it quickly. First of all, the first thing that's going to be necessary is for you to have faith. Have faith. The faith chapter in the scripture is Hebrews chapter 11. You don't particularly need to turn there unless you want, but you ought to read it sometime when the Lord told us about a whole lot of people, Abraham and various other ones that were saved because they had faith. Faith, according to Hebrews chapter 11, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And what do those words really mean? Let me put it in my terms. Faith is what you know is there, but you can't prove it in hard facts. None of us at this very moment, unless we look at the windows, can believe the sun is in the sky, but we know it is. We know it is. Faith is that which says to our hearts and our lives, there is a God in heaven who loved mankind enough to give his son to die on the cross that whoever would simply believe could be filled with the Spirit and be made a new creature. And listen, 
I don't understand how God did it and I don't understand why God did it, but I know He did it because I have felt it. And you have as well, have you not? There is no doubt in your life that God came into your life and filled you with something that was different and strange. It's because you simply believed the Word of God when it said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him would have everlasting life. Do you want to have this mountaintop experience like the disciples did in the upper room? You can have it over and over again by coming back to a complete trust in Jesus Christ. No reservations, no questions. You remember the time when Peter and the other disciples were in the little boat? There came up a storm. And was about to sink the ship with the boat, little fishing boat. Jesus wasn't with them. Finally, John looked out there on the water and said, There's the Lord. He was walking on the water. And Peter said, Lord, if that is you, if that is you, bid me come to you walking on the water. And isn't it strange that Jesus simply said to Peter, come on. And Peter got down out of that little boat and he walked on the water until he began to look around him and saw where he was. Took his eyes off the Lord and then he began to sink. Listen, when we take our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to sink in the mire. We're going to sink in the sea. We're going to sink in despair of the things that surround us. The thing that God gave us was the ability to always know we can walk on the water spiritually. The Lord bids us come and we can have assurance in Him because we believe all things are possible, the Scripture says to him that believes. The thing that we do is begin to put a whole lot of ifs and buts. Yes, I believe, but there are no buts in belief. It's all or nothing. It's total commitment. It's the willingness to believe what we can't understand, to believe what we can't see, to believe what we can't comprehend, simply because God says it is so. And we can burst out of these doors like those 120 did and preach the gospel when we believe. The Spirit of God will descend on us and fill us. Full. And so full that we will overflow. And we can't help it. Secondly, let me say that you can have this experience if you pray. If you pray. The Scripture tells us about that early body of people in the upper room that they continued with one accord 
in prayer and supplication. What made it possible for the Holy Spirit to descend upon them in that upper room? Because they were morally good? No, indeed. But because they had finally come to a place in their communion with each other that they were of one accord, and they were one accord in prayer. When we as a church pray together, we're going to have the power that was demonstrated on the day of Pentecost. There's the power of the church. Let me tell you, they had a prayer meeting. Do you want power with God? I'll tell you how to get it. You're going to have to wear out your knee pads. Wear out your knee pads. Spend time in prayer. One of the great preachers, bygone days, made a comment on one occasion. He said, I have so much to do today that I'm going to have to spend more time in prayer. Listen, when we're burdened down, when we feel that we don't have the power that was demonstrated on the day of Pentecost, we need to spend more time in prayer. Then we'll have it. Thirdly, and I guess I'm going to have to hurry. I haven't heard anybody's stomach growl yet, but I heard somebody's watch go off, so that means it's 12 o'clock. But you just hang on. i got one more call. I don't smell any food. There may not be any down there. You smell it? Uh, take a sense in your belt. You're not done yet, then. One more point. If you want to be full of the Spirit, you're going to have to be obedient to the Spirit. Now listen. The first thing that's going to take place for us to be full of the Spirit is that we have faith. Secondly, that we pray. And thirdly, that we are obedient. Do not expect that God is going to fill you with His Spirit if you are not willing to be obedient to the Spirit when He comes. There is no way that a person can be disobedient and full at the same time. Matthew, Acts chapter 5, verse 32 says this. As soon as I find it. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so it is, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that are obedient to him. Now, I took that out of context, I know. Because it's talking about the fact uh, that the disciples are witnesses of the power of God in, in the, the midst of them. And he says also the Holy Spirit is a witness to this power of God. But the point I want to make is, he says it is the Holy Ghost of God that has been given to you who are obedient to him. You want to be full of the Spirit? Listen to what God has to say and obey that which He says. 
Listen to what he says and obey. And you're going to be full of the Spirit. I think one of the problems that we face as a church, this church and many other churches as well, is that we fall short on all three of these accounts. That is that we really do not believe unquestionably. That we really do not pray unreservedly. And that we are not obedient unquestionably. We begin to modify all of these points and therefore weaken our testimony. Do you want to be full of the Spirit? Do you want to feel the tears flow in joy in response to such music as Tim gave us this morning? Do you want to feel the power of God come down into this room and boil over at us? We can all have it when we believe when we pray and when we obey our Lord God will we do it let us pray Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.